My name's Bryony Lieber, and this is an episode of Network, Women in Mining South Africa's podcast. Today I'm in studio with Melody, Mbali, and Ndamu, and we are talking about myths that get in the way of mentoring and mentoring relationships. Ladies, welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Perhaps we can start off with a round of introductions. Melody, would you like to introduce yourself, say where you're from, and maybe an introductory statement around mentoring for you. Okay. Thank you for having us, Brani. I'm uh, doing my first year in Master's in Geotechnical Engineering at the University of Cape Town, basically trying to build my career to be a rock engineer. So this is the first step towards that. I'm originally from Botswana and I had been looking for mentoring back home for the longest time, honestly. There was a LinkedIn post that talked about women in mining South Africa. And I remember how they did say like the requirements were like for a person to be South African. But that did not stop me. <laughs> I inboxed uh, Raksha and I'm like, you know what? I believe this is exactly what I need. I, I'm so pro-mentoring. And so, yeah, that's how basically I ended up in, in the program. And I'm very grateful for the program. And we're very happy to have you in the program because you make us international. Thank you. <laughs> Bali. Thank you so much, Bryony, for having me. I'm one of the directors of Tepa Basadi. So, yeah, mentoring for me is one of the cornerstones and uh, pillars of, I think, building your career. Very often, I think we all take it for granted. You, you think, I'll just get by without it. But a lot of what I've heard from people who've had mentors is that it's really helped them to build a sustainable and a really good career. Most people who've made it to your CEO levels have done so because they've had a mentor. And I know personally, for me, it really helped me in my career, especially when I was still in corporate, to have someone who would listen to my questions around how do I build a career in this organization? How do I, you know, what is it that I'm not thinking about that's really important for me to know as I'm trying to establish a career? And also just someone to, to sponsor you because I think once you've built a very good relationship with your mentor, it becomes kind of automatic for them to, to sponsor you. So I think, you know, it's your relationship because as you're learning, the other person is also learning. Mm. And I think one thing that I, I really wish that I had is mentees. I've tried to establish certain type of mentee relationships, but it, it hardly ever goes very far. And I think it's because there's always a lack of follow-up, which my, I've been guilty of myself. So you'll reach out to someone and they'll, you know, ask them to be your mentor and, you know, have one session or, and then it just doesn't go anywhere because it, the onus is on you to actually keep that relationship alive. So I think those are some of the challenges that I really would love for us to unpack today because it's just becoming so clear to me that we all need mentors and I love the stuff I've read on your blog and I hope we can really dive deep into that as well today. Thank you, Mbali. And before we go further, thank you 
to you and Sepa Basadi for being a sponsor of the Women in Mining South Africa mentoring program. Without you and our other sponsors, we wouldn't be able to run this program. So it's really great to have you here and to be able to acknowledge your contribution to this program. More importantly, Melody and Ndamu, it's a bit of a challenge to you here to maybe <laughs> take Mbali up on her desire to be mentoring others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely take her up. On good, <laughs> good. So, Ndamu, introduce yourself to us. Hi, ladies. Uh, my name is Ndamuero, and at the moment, I'm in, I'm in working at Anglo Platinum's Tishawa Mine. I'm a section ventilation officer this side. And mentoring for me, early in my career, I never thought it's that imperative or necessary. But then I joined an organization that mentors young kids, like uh, your high school kids. Then I realized, I think I need a mentor. I think I need someone who will tell me the, the things that I tell these young kids. I think I need someone who will sort of give me that guidance and that direction as well. Because obviously you get to a point where sometimes you don't know which direction to take. You need maybe somebody who's sort of experienced in you or in that line of work or just them giving you an overall guidance. So for me, mentoring is it's very close to my heart. And uh, being part of Women in Mining, Mentees um, Cohort this year is really a great achievement for me. And this is literally the first professional mentoring program I've ever been part of, and I'm forever grateful. Well, we're very grateful yeah. to have you as part of it. And it's... This whole discussion is prompted by a comment that I had on a blog of mine a while ago. And the comment was, I've always thought I need to reach a certain stage in my educational career for me to be able to develop a relationship with a mentor. I've felt I need to show some level of accomplishment if someone is going to agree to mentor me. And I think that's where I really want to start, because I think one of the myths that prevents people from getting into mentoring relationships is this belief that they somehow need to have accomplished something and that they're not worthy of a mentoring relationship until they have done something quite remarkable. So I want to talk about that a little bit because I know that's stopped me in many instances from seeking out a mentor. And it's ironic because I tell other people, you need a mentor at any stage in your life. It doesn't matter where you are in your career, you need mentors. And yet it's something that I know sometimes holds me back from asking somebody specifically to mentor me. So Mbali, I want to ask you if that resonates with you, this idea that you have to somehow have accomplished something before you're worthy of mentorship. I think, you know, if we had all the answers, then I, we we wouldn't need help. You know, there'd be, there'd be no need for mentors. So it doesn't necessarily resonate with me, but I can kind of understand how someone might feel that way because, you know, you, what does resonate with me is, okay, so when I get to that person, then what am I going to say to wow them, to win them over and, and make them see that I'm worthy of being mentored? And perhaps that's probably what you're trying to say. The thing that would wow me from somebody approaching me to mentor them would be, I don't know what I don't know. Please, will you mentor me and help me figure out the questions I need to ask? Mm. That just that level of curiosity would wow me. Melody, mm. you're wanting to jump in here. I can see you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it resonates with me a hundred percent. 
Uh, I'll remember mentoring was introduced to me in my first year of work. I got hired as a geologist and a mining a diamond mine, mine back home. Within six months into my work, I had burnout. Like I, I was actually like shocked that people would work 10 years and what till they get burnout. I knew I hated that job, the routine yeah. and everything. Six months into my job. Yeah. Till, uh, this guy came. He was, um, outsourced from Australia to come and teach us, um, mine, uh, open pit monitoring system. And for the first time, I remember like I, I, I could I could actually see a person that represented where I wanted to go in my career. And it gave me some hope, you know, for the first time I, I, I was like, oh, so, so I could build my career to be like this and this. And, and I would go up to him, chat him up, you know, I'd try to re- really listen. If there were things that needed math, I'd be the first at the board to impress him, you know. And during that time, never did I like approach him. Mentoring is not popular in my country, honestly. So I never really approached him to say, you know what? You inspire me. I think I would like to build my career to be exactly what you're doing, what you know, what you're teaching is what I want to grow to. I never did that. Only when I started my first year master's, that's when I thought I, I have something to talk to him about. Mm. Maybe I'm in his level now. Mm. That I reached out to him on LinkedIn to find this man even remembered me. It's like, yeah, Melody, like you, you did so well in my course. You kept on saying you were applying for schools there and then. And he told me, it's like, you know, even back then, even without the masters and everything, like you were still such a good engineer. And I, I, I don't know. I, I really loved that. And we are in, on talks right now and he's mentoring me, you know, teaching me like how exactly the, the building blocks he took to build the career that I want. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Yes. You know what, what I get from that is we sometimes don't know the impact we make on others. And you were memorable to him because you took an interest and you were curious and you really showed up and you stood out and you tried to make the impact. Awesome. And it's lovely that you're now in a mentoring relationship with him. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> and Damu, any thoughts on this? Yeah, as Melody was talking, uh, I was taken aback. So I was this child growing up, I was this child who wouldn't want people into my space or to really be vulnerable. So getting a mentor was one of those things that I would never do. So it was the mentors I had, they didn't know they were my they were my mentors. Like my primary school teacher, he was somebody who really wanted me to yeah succeed, do well, and all those things. Even after primary school, he followed up on when I was in high school and also my first years in university. He would call, "How is it going?" and all that. So I didn't really go up to him and say, "Please be my mentor." He sort of offered himself, and I thought. The barrier there was that maybe my personality, because I was, I think, uh, better. I was sort of an introvert, like very introverted child. So now getting to the work environment, I found out that, you know what, I think I need somebody who has sort of walked this path. So when I got this side last year, I was burned out in like two or three months. That, like what Melody was saying, that other people get burned out in like 10 years. But now I was burnt out in a few months, we need a new place where I thought, oh, this is a new environment, so things should be all roses and all that. So 
I said to myself, you know what, I think I need a mentor. Maybe there's something I'm not doing right. Maybe I'm doing a lot. Maybe I, I think I need guidance. So that's when I started to talk to somebody who's now my mentor. And then they were very welcoming. Uh, to my surprise, I thought I had thought they were going to be saying, you know, I'm too busy, you know, my schedule is too tight. But then they offered their time. And one of the myths or what I I used to believe was these people are too busy. They are high up there in the ranks, so they're just too busy to be giving new sessions or having appointments with you. But then they welcomed me. They would even say, no, you know, like, next time just make sure you call my PA, set up an appointment, I'll be there, I'll be available. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how to pave this way forward. So... I would say your mentors don't necessarily need to be all knowledgeable. They just need to be there to to guide you. They just need to be there to give you a perspective. I mean, I think we don't want a mentor to tell you, do this, do that. They need to just shed the light and you have to be the striker in the team. That's it. Yeah, that's you, Brian. I think those are such beautiful points. And... And what I'm hearing you say is that we sometimes assume that other people don't have time for us or that they don't want to take the time to mentor us. And yet I know as somebody who does a lot of mentoring, I love mentoring. It's, it really kind of fills my cup. And so there's this kind of this discord between what we believe others want to do to invest in us and what others actually want to do. To invest in us. And it resonates with me because I know I have this belief that for me to ask somebody to mentor me might be putting a lot of pressure on them. And we've just heard in Bali say, she just, she wants to mentor somebody. So how do we kind of get through these, these gaps in belief? What do we need to be doing? I think for me, the biggest stumbling block and not to labor on, on the negatives, but it's that it having a title. <laughs> Why does it have to have a title? Because immediately when it has the title, there's expectations, mm. right? Now I have to set up these meetings. And I think what for me was was quite challenging when I was in corporate was that you say to someone, please be my mentor. And, you know, like you said, people are so open and they want to mentor other people. So they will gladly take up the opportunity to mentor you. And now weeks go by and you don't set up a meeting mm-hmm. or you don't set up a follow-up and you just start hiding every time you see the person because you're so ashamed because mm-hmm. now there's a title. He's this, he or she's your mentor and you're not setting up these meetings. So what does that mean? You know, now is there or isn't there a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> so I think not having a title for me would make it a bit easier if it's just we just have a relationship where I can call you and I can ask you for help when I need it. And I think, you know, one of the myths for me around mentorship is the frequency of engagement. Um, now that you're my mentor, it has to be every Monday I need to talk to you and I, I need to ask, ask you for help or every year or like how frequently do I need to speak to you? And, and what if I don't speak to you the whole year? Are you mm. still my mentor? And I don't know how you guys feel about that. You know, Bryony, you mentor a lot of people. Do you think there's a a number that you know is is a good number? Once a week, once a month. <laughs> Do we have to have the title? 
it must be on a Monday at three o'clock every week without fail. Without fail. <laughs> no, it's you know I, I think mentors and mentees need to co-create the relationship for themselves. They need to figure out how to make it work, and they need to agree on. If I don't speak to you for six months, it's not because there's something wrong. It's because I'm busy and there isn't anything that I particularly need to chat to you about. But, you know, let's touch base every now and again. I think one of the most important things is for the relationship to be driven by the mentee. But for a mentor every now and again to say, I haven't heard from you for six months. Are you still alive? Do you want to chat about anything? Let's just grab a cup of coffee and 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 just check in with each other. But I, I, I love what you're saying about the label. Because as you were saying that, I was suddenly kind of going, yeah, that adds a level of formality that suddenly makes it feel awkward. Where I had a relationship with somebody and I could pop into their office and ask a question without kind of making a big deal of it. All of a sudden, now you're my mentor. Now I have to make a big deal of it. And and I think there's some real wisdom there in just keep it as formal or informal as you want and let it be quite organic. Melody, you've been nodding your head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I loved uh, her points and I think she, she might be right. And when you now define it like you are my mentor, I'm your mentee. For me, uh, I, I never really struggle with that because... With that first man that I talked about earlier on, I never really got to ask him to be my mentor and stuff because it's not just something that you do back home. I don't know. It's just not something you do. But fast forward, I think in my third year now of work, there there was this guy that came back to the company that I was at. And he, he had just returned with his master's. Very bright guy. You know, every time you're in conversation with him, you just, you feel better. Like, wow, there's actually more out mm. there in the world. And I do love that for myself. Like, give yourself the exposure to people who've seen better, who are doing better. So with this guy, is like how he became my mentor, because he's my mentor now. We would just talk and he would just advise like, you know what, what you're earning here and versus what a person of the same qualifications experience, maybe in Australia is different. You know, he would just open up my mind. Mm. I remember it would just be natural. I would tell him, listen, I want to apply for my master's there, there, like actually like he got me funding for for the masters that I'm doing wow, now. That's and amazing. and that's even before I knew there were such things as sponsors and mm. so maybe it was natural and it was nice for me because there were no labels mm. as in Bali said. He would just source out opportunities for me. He would just advise me without the labels. Mm. So it was natural and it's quite nice and it's it's reflex now. Like if I have to make a decision like I want to develop there Actually, the other thing he does for me is like he will say, for you to be internationally competitive, this is what you need to do and do and do. It's not the label. It's the quality of relationship, right? Okay. Ndamo? I tend to agree with the ladies and what Melody just said right now, that you would rather have something that, well, I would prefer uh, a mentorship relationship that's organic, that's natural where it's more of we don't really put maybe labels on it because there's a lot of expectations that comes with labels. So what I do now is I try by all means to to just make our, 
uh, uh, stations all around, not not really exposing myself that much, my personal life that much, but just still in the boundaries of work, but still putting myself in it. So for me, I would like to to be able to to be vulnerable with my mentor, not only work wise. I'd like for them to advise me in other aspects of life, but still feel like this is natural because mm-hmm. I'm not stepping on boundaries or anything. So that's that's how I would like my mentorship relationship to be organic. I I've had so I once asked someone to to be my mentor, and and we had a session, and I think that was one one of the most stressful sessions I've ever been in you know when you feel like you're in like a job interview or something <laughs> like that it it didn't feel natural at all and I'm now I'm trying to recollect why did I even ask that person to be my mentor <laughs> but I think they were very doing very well in the mm. organization I thought mm. oh my gosh I want to be where this person is yeah. but afterwards I, I just it didn't go anywhere and it was just because of that just it, it didn't feel natural it just felt like I was either he he was interviewing me or I just felt like I had to give so much rather than them you know like Melody mentioned that a guy would would tell me this is what I've done and this is what I've it just I think it should be reciprocal to Mm. some extent you know I, I should feel like I'm also adding value to you um as my mentor and you're also imparting knowledge and adding value into my life well absolutely as a mentee you're going to somebody to get advice and wisdom and experience and insight you're not going there to tell them the answers you're there to kind of get some insights around what are the questions and the answers. What it strikes me as is the concept of the anti-mentor, because I'm pretty sure that you came away from that with some insights around what doesn't work for you from a mentoring perspective and how you don't want to be if you were to mentor somebody. And so that's something that I think is important for us to look at as well. We always assume that a mentor needs to be somebody who is the epitome of what we want to be. But I think we learn so much as well from people who are the epitome of what we don't want to be because it gives us the ability to see how when we're in a bad space or when we're in the worst version of ourselves, how we could show up in that particular way and how undesirable it is. So I think it's useful to be quite intentional to look at people and kind of conversations and experiences that you've had with other people and notice for yourself, what is it about that that was anti-mentoring for me? How do I not want to be when I'm showing up in the world and in my relationships? I want to go back to the concept of, so, I mean, we've talked about kind of not labeling things. And before we started this, and Bali, you, you asked me, do I have a mentor? And my immediate response was, no, I don't. But as we're talking about this, I'm starting to realize I don't have formal mentors and I very rarely ask somebody to mentor me, but I am surrounded by people that I get a lot of mentorship from. And in our mentoring program, we've talked about having a personal board of directors. And I definitely know that without fail, there are people that I can call on for a variety of different things. And so maybe we can unpack a little bit this myth that 
You have to find the perfect mentor who can mentor you on absolutely everything, who has to be that kind of unicorn mentor. And really talk about the different types of things that we look for in mentors and the the fact that we can actually get them from lots of different people. You know, prior to me joining WIMSA, I I really had tried to get mentoring. You know, I'd, I'd go through a person's profile on LinkedIn and I mean, this person is really the all-in-one. You know how you say you don't look for the all-in-one. One size fits all. But that there, there are people who are just excelling in their careers, like profound. And I would look for those people and, you know, I'd inbox them. I'd, you know, I tried. And that, that, that's the thing with your all-in-ones. It takes a lot of, I think, that time, that effort to be the all-in-one that I just later at a point uh, understood that, you know what, they, they really don't have time to mentor you because to be that all-in-one, like it really takes them uh, focusing on their career and stuff. I don't know. I think it's completely overwhelming. I mean, exactly. you're going, oh, mentor me technically. Now mentor me on how to show up in life. Now yes. mentor me on how to be kind of in my relationships with people. Now mentor me on my kind of personal issues. It's completely overwhelming. But I, I hear what you're saying, Melody, because... You're quite right that people are busy. And in as much as perhaps they really would love to mentor you, but it takes a lot of effort to be that all-in-one. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. um, being a CEO of a company or, you know, quite senior in the organization and you're a blogger and you're a speaker. I yeah. mean, have you, like, have you seen those people's <laughs> profiles is. where they are just everything? <laughs> They're international speaker yeah. and mm. they've won awards and Mail and Guardian top 100. They are, you know, mm. like I know those people. <laughs> and you're like, I wish that person could mentor me. And like you said, win <laughs> because they are busy. But I think if the relationship is a fit and that person is passionate about mentoring others, then it can definitely happen. And I think you shouldn't stop anyone from trying. Mm. Um, because sometimes, like, you know, it's, it, if it's not meant to work, it won't work. Yeah. And I think the point that I really wanted to emphasize is what I struggled with when I was looking for a mentor at first. I would just take things personal. And, you know, in the four agreements, that's chapter two. It just says, bluntly, don't take things personally. Because like Mali, Mbali's saying, like it takes a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Others are just busy. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like they didn't want to mentor you or... So you will face rejection. You will see that person that, you know, if I had this person on my board of directors, I'm sad. But they can't. So don't take it personal. And... The approach I took is what Bernie says now. Instead of that all-in-one, now I'm I'm trying to kind of look for people that fill up the shoes of that one person, mm. you know. Because there are exceptional people, I don't want to lie. But there are people who that one has a bit of what they have, that one has a bit of. So I'm building that person with different people for I myself. Like yeah, it, And it's a lot easier on everybody, really. Yes. And Damo, how are you finding your mentors and how are you splitting up what you expect of different mentors? At the moment, I only have one official mentor and then the rest is those ghost mentors who don't know that they're my mentor. Okay. So um, what I've realized is obviously this one mentor, the official mentor, they're not all known. It's not like they know everything and 
yeah. So I realized that I will have to look at other people, like Melody saying, I have to look at other people and learn from them. And maybe as time goes, I really have to approach them and say, hey, I think I need you in my in my bus. So we need to ride together. So for me, mentors being busy, yes, they are. Because that's also evident in the, some of the mentees um, I, I have. I struggle, like literally struggle, actually make time. Sometimes I even forget that we have appointments. Then they'll be calling like, hey, you said this time, but then you didn't pitch. So I, I then apply it to my own um, mentoring uh, sessions or taking it back to my mentoring sessions that, okay, actually these people are too busy, like, like myself maybe. So I really need to allow myself to, to say, you know what, I need to distribute the different um, needs to different people. Mm. So I also tell the mentees that, you know what, if I can help you with this or you see that I'm struggling here, I think maybe you need to also get somebody else who will come in and help us. Yeah. So that's how I'm dealing with that. I think also probably we should all really be careful about admiring someone and wanting to be like them and seeking a mentoring relationship. Because just because you admire someone doesn't mean that they should be your mentor because what can quickly happen is that, and I, I think the previous case I mentioned where I asked someone to, to mentor me because I admired him and it just went, didn't go anywhere is that perhaps that person doesn't really align to where you want to go. Mm. Yes. They're doing extremely well. Um, but is it really aligned to where you want to go and the things that you really want to focus on? Because you also are an individual with a schedule um, and it's a limited time in a day and in a month. So if you have so many mentors, you know, how do you make time to see all of them? What's important to you at the time? And perhaps you should just be focusing on one or two at a time. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't think mentoring has to take huge amounts of time. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing that I want to say. I think I think we assume that I'm going to have a mentoring meeting now with my mentor and it must be an hour and a half long. And and you push it to be an hour and a half long, even though actually you got what you needed in five minutes. So I think that's the first thing is we, we have these assumptions around what it should look like and what makes it a worthwhile mentoring event. And maybe we need to redefine that. I think the second thing also just picking up on you can get mentoring from lots of different people. The frequency with which you meet those different people or engage those different people is going to differ. I have somebody who supervises me as part of my coaching requirements and we probably chat once every five or six months and we have about an hour session and sometimes we finish in half an hour because we're done with what we need to do. But I don't need that sort of mentoring more often than that. But there are other people that I chat to probably every two or three days. And even though I don't necessarily define it as a mentoring relationship, actually those people are giving me insights and they're giving me wisdom and they're giving me feedback in nanoseconds. And it's a quick WhatsApp here and there. And it's very informal. But without those people, I think I'd be quite lost. I think we really need to kind of bust this myth of 
It has to be a set amount of time, a set frequency. It has to be lengthy. It has to be formal. And every single mentoring event needs Mm. to look like a meeting where we sit in front of each other. Mm. You can be mentored in so many different ways. And I think we need to make mentoring accessible to ourselves and to others by demystifying the fact that it has to be a certain look yeah. and feel. I think that, yeah, that, I mean, you make a very valid point, Brani. I think I've been socialized that mentoring must come with a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, it must come with a glass of wine. <laughs> or a glass of wine. So, you know, when you ask, it's like, can I take you out for coffee? And then you formally ask <laughs> at the coffee session, will you be my mentor? <laughs> Stop being so creepy in Bali. (laughs) Yeah. So it needs to be a date. And then there needs to be a follow-up date to the mentoring session. I I do like what Timbali pointed out earlier on. You know, mentoring like any other thing in your life has to be effective. You have to be able to see its fruits in your life and i think for that like you're saying you can't be having like 20 people mentoring you and then when when are you going to put into effect what person a said person b said because for me uh my main mentor is a couple of maybe two years older than me the guy i said we met at work it wasn't really formal that's when i know i can talk to freely when I want because he's my friend at the end of the day and then uh, the mentor guy who I met my first year in work who's in Australia I will talk to maybe after four months because normally with him after a meeting with him it's so intense I need at least six months to just put in practice what he's taught me he'll be telling me okay I need you to go learn to code this I need you to so it will take time for me to actually put it into practice and to see it even to see it work for me because it has to work for me and it has to improve me so I, I think I, I got I got what you're saying there mm. Mm. I think maybe it's different strokes for different folks definitely <laughs> so what are the strokes that work for you and Damo let's let's wrap this up with two or three thoughts on how to make mentoring work for you now that we've busted some of these myths around what it is and how to find mentors? My thought on that is we have to take mentoring or mentorship as a team sport. Um, Say football. In football, for you to score that goal, you're going to need somebody who's going to pass you the ball and a striker. So I'm the striker in this um, situation. So the mentor might be the, the person who's defending and all that. So as a striker, I need to show that I'm all in. I want one, two, three. And you just need to make sure that you assist me around with this ball that I need to get to the pole. So for me, I would say we need to be very intentional about getting the goal that we started with. Obviously, mm-hmm. when you you want a mentor, you know that there's a, there's a goal in the end that you want to achieve. So we need to be very intentional about that. It shouldn't just be like what I used to do. I would think, okay, maybe I need a mentor, but I don't even know what I need a mentor for. Mm. But now it's all clear that I need a mentor because one, two, three, personal development, um, career and all that. So when we start with that goal in mind, 
we know that we are looking for this kind of result. So we'll work towards getting that. And so just be authentic to just be yourself, man. Yeah, be yourself and be present. <laughs> be yeah. present. It shouldn't just be it shouldn't just be meetings and you ticking boxes that oh I, I asked them this, I asked them this. So that's it. Like what Melody was saying, that she went after a session with her mentor, she might even take months to complete the task she was given. So it should be like that. We should be able to see results from um, the sessions that we have with our mentors. Yeah. Yeah. So know what goal you're trying to achieve in Bali. Yeah. I mean, uh, such a, a good conversation. I think key for me is, you know, myth that was certainly busted is the frequency. I think once you've defined why you need a mentor and the specific areas that you want to develop, and once you've identified the people that can perhaps help you with that, let it be natural. Set up or co-create that relationship like you mentioned, Bryony. Let them understand that I will only reach out to you when I need you. And similarly, I think you can feel free to check up on me if you know you feel I'm too quiet. Um, but I will certainly reach out when I need you. And let it just be organic and more so strive to have, I think if you strive to have a friendship, you know, Melody mentioned something about having a friendship with the person who is her mentor. It does make the relationship easier. Um, and, you know, you don't feel like you're a burden to the person, but rather that you guys are adding value in each other's lives. Mm. And I think those those are some of the key takeaways from this. So thanks, ladies. It was lovely. Thanks, yeah. Molly. I love mentoring. I mean, I, I feel like mentoring really saved my career. Like I said, if it wasn't for that guy and he came at the time he came at and for the first time I could see, okay, so this is what I want to do and it's actually possible. You take for granted how important that is for just some of the younger engineers to know it's possible to do that. So, yeah, like I said, I think if there's one thing I would stress, let mentoring work for you. You should be able to sit down at the end of something and, and see like this has improved this in my life and this is, and you're not just doing it because it's popular, you know, I have a mentor. Mm. It should really work for you. You should be able to track your development from the mentoring, like from Wimsa, I'm going to sit down. Okay, Wimsa, help me with this and this. I can record a podcast now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and if I'm going to approach Mbali, I'm not going to just say, okay, Mbali, I want you to be my mentor. Like I already know, Mbali, I've seen you're strong with this. Help me with this. It should work for you. Mm. It should. It should. And you should be able to track, like, I've developed such and such from the mentoring program. I like what you're saying about don't do it so that it's some, a popularity contest. Do it because it's actually going to enrich your career and be clear on where you need that enrichment. Yes. I think my concluding point is around this concept that mentors are hard to find. And I hear it a lot. But I don't think mentors are hard to find. I think sometimes we don't have the hooks to grab onto a mentor. And I'm saying that, Melody, because you had a potential mentor in your life, but it wasn't necessarily the right time for you. And when the timing was right, that mentoring relationship developed. I think we look for mentors in the wrong place. We assume that mentors have to be these formidable, very experienced, all-in-one unicorns. 
when actually there are mentors all around us. Some of them are people that we're in very informal relationships with. Some of them are our friends. Some of them are our bosses. Some of them are peers in our mentoring groups. But they're all around us. And when we intentionally look at them and observe them and try to learn from them, we're being mentored whether we put a label on it or not. I think when we put a label on it, we make it hard for ourselves because sometimes we impose an expectation on it that's not realistic. And I think sometimes we have the mentoring that we need within us. Sometimes just stopping and reflecting on what we've observed, what we've learned, what we've experienced, and looking to integrate that into our lives is the mentoring that we need. And we don't often reflect back within ourselves enough to think about what we've learned and and how to take that forward. So I think that's the bit that I I want to conclude with. It's not hard to find. I just don't think we observe the world with the intention of learning often enough. Ladies, this has been a wonderful conversation. I want to thank you all for being here. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's one in a series of six podcasts that we're recording on the topic of mentoring. And I want to thank you very much for being part of this episode. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Brani. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.